Block Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk for today, Wednesday, March 23rd, 2011. It's 6 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu, the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. Show at one six four six three eight one four eight six zero, or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts, or tweet me any questions you like to at stewthewineguru on Twitter, and I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that. The power of the people meets the power of the Internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, articles, and TV shows, and all good stuff that I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing one articles and reviews for Yahoo and The Examiner, so look for those as well. I've made a Wine 101 video series that can be viewed just about anywhere on the Internet, but look for it on YouTube, or you can just go to my website and check them out www.stewthewinegroup.com. All my wine articles and reviews are now available on any smartphone. Just download the Hello Vino app. It's free. And you can take my wine articles and reviews anywhere you go. Tonight, I have a Sonoma winemaker that makes some of the finest wines that the county has to offer. He graduated UC Davis in the late 70s with a degree in agricultural science and... Like many before him and many after him that have come out of that incredible wine think tank, has gone on to create masterfully crafted wines. 
the name of the incredible wine companies he produces wines for, Klein Cellars, and Jacuzzi Family Vineyards. His name is Charlie Segaletos, and he'll be with us shortly. Of course, the number to call in, one 381 or if you're shy and you prefer the computer, email your questions to info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also tweet me questions to at stewthewineguru on Twitter, and of course, I will read them live here on the show. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I've opened a chat room for the listeners to go into and chat. You can also ask questions of me or Charlie, and I'll check into the chat room live periodically during the show and get answers for you. Yeah, hi, this is Tony Danza. You're listening to Stu the Wine Guru. He's not bad. I listen to him every once in a while, you know, drink a Tuscan Red, try to take down the edge. Pretty good. I like him. Not bad. So without further wait, let's learn from the master of wine here. Let's bring on my guest for the evening. Charlie, are you there? Stu, can you hear me? I sure can. Oh, that's How are great. you this evening? Pretty good. How about yourself? Excellent, excellent. I, I first want to thank you for uh, being on my show. It's a great honor to have you here tonight. It's my pleasure. Good. I have many questions for you, so uh, I'm just going to let you know how it goes here. Uh, we have, that will be in and out of the chat room, potentially asking questions of you uh, on the Twitter sphere. I'll field questions from there, as well as the email questions that come in fast and furious. And then, of course, there's my questions I have for you. So uh, no particular order, Charlie. Just going to ask away and uh, let you educate my, my listeners worldwide. Well, I'll do, um, I'll do the best I can. <laughs> so I, I, I guess I'll go start with my questions. So what inspired you to go into the wine business early on? Uh, you know what? I grew up. My dad's my dad's Greek. Mom's Italian. Both both raised in America. But there was always a bottle of wine on the table. And right. actually, when I went to UC Davis, I uh, I started off with an engineering major, and then then traded in the traded in the slide rule for a plant science degree. But I was mm-hmm. a mechanic through college too. So I graduated with that plant science degree and a love for mechanics. And when I, truly, when I graduated, it was like, well, what, what is an industry that's going to fit sort of with with both of my loves? And I was like, well, you know what? Wineries, uh, they've always got pieces of equipment that need fixing. So it seemed like a, a logical thing. And I sent out a bunch of resumes and signed on as an apprentice winemaker. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And, that, and it's funny. I talk to, you know, winemakers from around the world, and it always amazes me, you know, some – um, it's the impetus, like you had said, you know, the parents were in the business maybe in that sense, or they had w- always drinking wine and, uh, you know, they were from different parts of Europe. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is that the, the, what they, you know, what they've done prior to that or what their interests were and how they tie it in, you know, it's always amazing to me how some are, what you wouldn't think would be uh, tie-inable, if I right. coin a phrase. Um, yeah, and I, I did have a great grandfather that was also in the wine business in Sonoma County, uh, years and years. You know, of course, I never met him, but man, I don't know. Maybe there was some genetic connection there. <laughs> you, you never know. <laughs> right. Obviously, there must be something because uh, you, look where you are now. And, yeah, I've been uh, at it for thirty years now. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I'm going to grab a. Um, let's see, I'm going to grab a tweeted question. This one is from Dean's Guide. Uh, uh, Dean Gradagni, uh out of San Rafael, um, and he says, um, "Please ask uh, Charlie if he's going to 
put together any new varietal offerings? You know, at at this point, we're doing about seven different Zinfandels at Klein. We've got uh, probably another 15 wines on top of that. And we do one called Cashmere, which is a Grenache, Syrah, Mouvedre blend that's uh, very tasty. And we're thinking about maybe doing some Grenache if we find some good Grenache that might be available for a standalone. But right now, you know what, I think I'm going to focus on the wines we've got going. Yeah, and it makes total sense. I mean, you know... Uh, for for what you've got, I mean, you guys are really outstanding in the Zinfandel world. Uh, I think you know, award winning and uh, very um, notable yeah. in the sense that everybody knows, you know, immediately knows, and that it's almost the first name on their lips when they ask for it. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of pressure on you to keep that going, no? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's kind of one of the first varieties that Fred Klein started with. He started the winery in Oakley, California, which is in Contra Costa, so it's a, probably an hour southeast of where we are in Sonoma right now. And He learned to make wine, you know, talk about a, a foot in the wine industry. He learned to make wine with his grandpa, an Italian fellow by the name of Valeriano Jacuzzi, you know, the, one of the Jacuzzi families that invented right. the personal spa, among other things. Um, but Zinfandel, he, that, that whole area, you know, we've got some Zinfandel that dates back to 1904, and that was some of the first stuff that Fred learned to make wine out of. So, no, that's that's a big part of what we are at Klein. The Primitivo. Yeah, Primitivo. Primitivo is kind of the Italian clone. You know, it's uh, yeah, it was thought, and you you probably covered this in other other shows and stuff, but it was thought that that uh, our Zinfandel originally came from Italy because they found it in Puglia there, and where they called it Primitivo, the identical grape. But as it turns out, you know the the uh, our our scientists have sort of figured out that it started in Croatia or it had been in Croatia for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, before it made its way to Italy and the east coast of America. So it actually may have gotten to California before it got to Italy. Interesting. And the thing is, it's like, now I knew some of that, but I know there's listeners out there that didn't know that little tidbit. So I appreciate you uh, you saying that and, and, uh, and, and letting them know. Um, so... I'm going to bounce around. So, so what sure. character, characteristics do you think defines a good wine? A good wine, uh, for me, yes. first and foremost, is balance. I mean, you're going to find wines that that run the gamut of alcohol levels and run the gamut of of uh, color, you know, darkness and and berry flavor versus versus uh, herb flavor. But really, is are the components in balance? Does anything stick out? Is it over oaked? You know, does it taste like a <clears throat> that oak is overpowering the other fruit, or is it, or is it right. too much fruit and not enough tan? So balance, I think, is a key thing. So, so tell my listeners a little bit about Klein Cellars and Jacuzzi, just so you know they have a, a bit of an overview and they understand. Yeah. And, sure. I, and by the way, I, I just want to let everybody know prior to you saying that, I, I want to just make sure that they know to go to www.kleincellars, c e l l a r s, and that's Klein with a c, um, dot com, and you can find out where you can buy. Charlie's Wine locally or buy it directly online at their website. I mean, that's the beauty, as I always say, of the Internet. You can sip some wine while you buy some wine. So having said that, I want you to to go ahead and tell them about it. Okay. Well, the winery right now, we're located about uh, an hour north of San Francisco, right off of uh, Highway 37 and Highway 121, right up from Infineon Racetrack. Uh, We're farming about 2,000 acres of grapes, but the winery got its start back in Contra Costa County, which is uh, southeast of Sonoma, by about an hour. It really got to start when Fred, as a teenager, had moved up from Southern California to hang out with his grandparents, and he learned to make wine, and he learned to farm other crops there, too, and it really uh, it really hooked him on the whole process. So he went off to Davis, and 
his like I said before, his grandpa was Valeriano Jacuzzi. And this is one right. of seven, you know, brothers and there there's six sisters also that immigrated from Italy and it was there was one of the one of the brothers was like a Leonardo da Vinci and they developed uh, you know, everything from the propeller that sort of revolutionized aviation in nineteen fifteen <clears throat> to the uh to a bunch of uh, a deep well injection pump they used for irrigation that, that revolutionized how you pump water in in America here, and then on to the spa that everybody knows about. But when the when this grandpa died, he left Fred with enough money, not much because there's a lot of jacuzzi family members, but enough to start his little winery there in Oakley, and that's when he started making wines from the grapes that are grown in this really sort of historic and somewhat unknown area in Contra Costa County. And the grapes that are growing, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a, as you drive through there, it's it's 30 feet of what appears to be beach sand that's just been deposited by the San Joaquin and Sacramento River there. It's warm enough that it ripens these these varieties, uh, and a lot of them were head trained because they were planted back in the early 1900s. But sure, the sure. wines that Fred started making were things like Carignan and Mouvedre and Zinfandel, Okay, Alicante Boucher, Petit Syrahs, you know, as blenders, but it's still what Klein is all about. We're all about Rhone varieties. Now, yeah. since then, we've started another winery called Jacuzzi. We've made the Jacuzzi wines for about 10 years over at Klein Cellars, but now it has its own winery, and it's a, that's right across the street, and it's a beautiful winery to visit. But there we do a, we do about 20 different Italian varieties that are pretty exciting, things like, like uh, everything from Aleatico to Sagrantino. Yeah, and I have to say, there's so few that do Sagrantino and do it well that uh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's so, really so I'm going to grab. Some, yeah, go I'm going to grab some emails for you um, that okay. have just come through, um, they're, and they're coming through fast and furious. So bear with me, everyone that's emailing. Um, so the first one is from I love this name, Wineology. <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry, it's Wineologist from Los Angeles, California. I love these names. It says, "Do you have a great show?" I've been hooked on it since May of last year. I would love to ask Charlie if he thinks it is integral for a new winemaker to travel and work for many wine companies as opposed to settling on one out of school. Thanks. Keep up the great work. That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. And if you talk to most winemakers that have been in the business for a while, uh, they've worked for a number of different wineries. And for me, I think this is my, my fifth winery. I've been the winemaker here at Klein for going on 10 years now. But before this... Excuse me. I was a winemaker for Glen Ellen Winery for 15 years, and then I started with a real little winery called Pendleton, and there were a couple others in there too. At every place, I've had a chance to work with a different group of winemakers that all have their own little bag of tricks in terms of uh, what they think is important in the hierarchy of making wines. So I think, you know, I think it's invaluable to work with with different winemakers and to taste with them and to pick their brains and be open to the different methods. Some guys like to ferment at 75 degrees. Some guys like to ferment at 90 degrees. What what does that do to the taste, you know, and, sure. and pressing early versus not pressing early? You do a lot of that experimenting as a winemaker over the years, but if you've got – I've worked with some winemakers that have been winemakers for 50 years. Those guys know a lot. So, no, I, I think it's a oh, great experience. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I want to thank a wineologist from Los Angeles, California, for your question. Uh, the next one is from Conchita Real, 45, from Madrid, Spain. And it says, Stu, this is my first time listening to your show. I was recommended by a friend, and now I will listen every week. I am a wine enthusiast and wondered if Charlie considered other varietals like a Rioja or a ter- Italian Barolo to produce in his vineyard. Thank you. 
you know, I've never made a Rioja, but I, I suspect it's going to make it make a lovely wine. But uh, as far as Barolo goes, we make a, a number of Italian varieties. And Stu, what's the main what's the main variety you're going to find in a Barolo? Oh, Sangiovese. Yeah, so we've got it. We have our Sangiovese out there, and we pull that Sangiovese off of our vineyard behind the winery there, and it's kind of a cool region to grow it in. But it makes an interesting sort of an herbal cherry, good acid uh, Sangiovese for jacuzzi. So no, we do, we do, we do play with those wines. We do play with those vineyards. Yeah, those, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to let them let them know, and you know, from your perspective, I you know, <laughs> right. I've experienced your wines for many years, and you know, coming from me, it's one thing. Coming from you, it's completely different. So. Sure, uh, but I love, um, I do love experimenting with different varieties because they all have their own, you know, signature signature taste and seeing what you get when you first crush them and ferment them and then let them mature a little bit. It's, that's really exciting. Absolutely, it's true. Um, the next one is from Albert Humson from South Kensington, London, and it says, "Stu, cheers to you and Charlie. I'm listening and learning a great deal about wine." I'm a novice, but always reading and tasting when I can. My question for Charlie is, is it extremely difficult to study to become a winemaker as far as classes go? And do you think it is something you can do later on in life as well? Thanks. Well, first I want to thank, thank uh, Albert Humpson from South Kensington uh, for your question. It's a great question. And you want to grab that one, Charlie? Sure. Well, you know, my my curriculum involved, there's a fair amount of chemistry in it. So if you like that stuff, you're fine. But I think if, if you find something you enjoy and want to do, the study, and it's, uh, you know, you find a way to do it. And it wasn't it wasn't so tough. I, I'd say most of my learning experience really came from hands-on, from doing the stuff and trying it and talking with people that have had the experience. Um and we do we do get people that have that have started later in life and you know gone through other careers like with any career I mean there's a certain amount of dues to pay where you'll be you'll be working in a cellar for uh, dragon hoses you'll be a cellar rat or or making you know relatively less wage than than you would have if uh, you know you were a winemaker and doing it for years but uh, once you pay that price you know that, that's one way to get in. Another Absolutely. fellow that, that wanted to get in, he said, well, what, what, do, you know, what do I need to do to become a winemaker? And I said, well, you either go to school and you get an enology degree and you start, you, you go that way, or you try and get in the back door without an enology degree, kind of like I did, because my degree is ag science and management and plant science. Um, and there were a lot of winemakers back in the day that started with, you know, you've got like Paul Draper from Ridge. I think he's got a philosophy degree, a uh, great winemaker. But uh, yeah. Uh, another way to do it is raise the capital, start your own winery, and you'll get a massive winemaking education in a hurry. And you'll get to do everything too. So uh, that's yeah, and you'll I mean, be a winemaker first year. There's, 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 there's that, that you know that one I guess um, is uh, you, you have to have two things: passion uh, that that is so overabundant that you uh, overwhelm <laughs> people. They want to help you out. Because right. in this economy right now, I don't think it was yeah. going around and having the discretionary, discretionary funds to go, you know, I think I'll start a vineyard. You know? Right. Uh, but, so, uh, you know, I, I guess, let me go back to some of my questions here, and uh, I'm looking here to see. Uh, I think we got, maybe have another tweeted question. Let me see what we got here. Okay, it just happened to Fast and Furious. Uh, okay, yes. Uh, oh, so, so, let's see, Sonia... Says wine, um, and I'll see where she's from. Uh, says uh, her decline was related uh, or associated with to jacuzzi. Could be wrong. Sorry, don't have 
a compelling question. Okay. Yeah. That's a good question. And, and so there, you got on the radio, and I didn't have a you didn't have a compelling question. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Jacuzzi is related to Klein. It, Fred Klein's grandpa was Valeriano Jacuzzi, and he named that winery kind of to honor the family. I mean, they came over just uh, just 13 brothers and sisters, and now in the Bay Area, they came over between, I think, 1905 and 1920. Now there's like 750 Jacuzzi family members in and around the country, so they, there's definitely a connection. It's pretty between amazing. Klein and Jacuzzi, yeah. Um, so here's here's a question I want to know. Um, which group do you think defines the future of wine, the millennials, the Gen X, or the baby boomers? All right, the baby boomers are the guys and gals that are, are what, 40 to 55 or something? Something like that. I always have to kind of keep them straight. And then you've got the millennials that are, how old are those? My 20s, just just in their 20s. Okay, they're in their 20s. And then you've got the Gen Xers that are are in between those two. Yep. Yeah, well, you know what? I think I think we're seeing lots and lots of younger people on our on our wine lists and on our uh, you know in our tasting rooms and things. And it seems to be yeah. the uh, you know kind of that young to middle group that that is buying more and more wine as the uh, you know as the as the baby boomers I guess kind of fade out as we sort of fade out. But I had I had heard, and I'm not completely sure. Maybe you can tell me if there's, there's some truth to this that the uh, the Gen X group kind of was slipping more into the uh, into the drinking the cocktails and things like my parents' generation did. Where yes, you're right. The, yeah, the millennials are are taking a real interest in wine. Now that you know that's pretty generalized, and I'm not sure somebody like John Fredrickson, Fredrickson who's uh, who who knows a lot about the wine industry out here, uh, could probably give us more information. But that's kind of what I'd heard. So I want to make sure before I, you know, ask any more questions, um, that we get out there some information about client sellers and what's happening. So um, I guess my my question to you is: Are there any events, you know, that you can think of that are off the top of your head that are upcoming that you want to let everybody know about worldwide that they can, you know, if they're traveling to that region, you know, or near that region that they can, uh, you know, they can go and uh, sure, you know, and 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 experience it. Well, one thing to do is we're open seven days a week, and we don't charge for tastings. You know, and we open at uh, at ten. Tasting room opens at ten and closes at six. And you can wander around the grounds, and there's a lot of so there's always there's always something sort of fun going on at client anyway. And the jacuzzi is the same way, except they close at five thirty. Mm-hmm. But as far okay. as events go, we uh, you know we host the Sonoma Valley Vintners and Growers Alliance auction, which is a huge fun affair, and that's in September. And there's a whole host of other things we do during the year that I can't remember, but you can find it on the website. Excellent. I want to make sure that everybody knows that they can sure. go to the website, www.kleinsellers.com. And I assume they can, of course, they can go there and, and, and get Jacuzzi Vineyards as well. They can click on that, and it takes them over to that as well. Um, so they can find out about what's going on at both. Um, and um, I urge anyone that's going to be in that area uh, to check it out. The wines are outstanding. If you've never tried them before, uh, go locally um, if, if, and find them. If not, um, of course, seek them out on, online. And um, probably, I would say for the money, some of the best Zinfandels you could ever drink in your lifetime. Uh, they're just outstanding uh, and so well-crafted. And, and hats off to you, Charlie. That's why I've got you on the show tonight because I want people to know about you know people who uh, do the best are best at what they do, and uh, and you definitely are are there. Um, 
So I, I guess, you know, we're going to wrap it up very pretty soon. I know it's going to happen. So I want to ask a few more questions here that I've got. Um, you know, what wines would we find if we looked in your personal collection right now? Well, you'd find a lot of Zinfandels, for one thing. So I've got, I, <laughs> I do drink your own my share collections. of Zinfandels. <laughs> yeah, there's a pretty good collection of Zinfandel in my cellars. But uh, also, a, a lot of Klein Mouvedre. I mean, I really like that grape. It's like cherry and chocolate mixed together. So that's a fun one. If you're asking me what I drink regularly, that type of thing. Well, but then what I'll would explore. you find? I mean, anything outside of that. I mean, of course, I'm just saying, I'm sure you have other yeah. wines. Yeah. I was just, well, you, just know, you know, off the top of your head. Here's a good one. I, I mean, I tend to I tend to gravitate toward wines that are high quality and reasonably priced. So a Benzinger Chardonnay. I mean, you can't go wrong with Benzinger Chardonnay. Oh, or, not at all. Yeah, it's it's a, a wonderful wine, and they're uh, they're they're a biodynamic group here in Sonoma, and in fact, the Benzinger family. Yeah, you know that wine. And yep. then uh, Cundi so does a great job with Sauvignon Blanc, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's a I, th- I think it's. A Biale Zinfandel, I've been impressed with uh, lots of times too. You know, okay. Gunlag, oh, yeah, I just you know, I'm, I'm amazed because someone who produces a lot of red, for, per se, I would imagine would drink a good portion of white when they get a chance. You know, yeah, we, and we do too. Bit. Yeah, we do yeah. drink, and I, and I tend to lean toward. I really like crisp. Um, I like I like New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs, for instance. That style. I love and them too. We, we do something called an Oakley. Uh, four whites because there's four varieties in this blend and right. this year and it's it has something a variety that's just about disappeared a grape variety called palomino so it's palomino and sauvignon blanc and semillon and viognier but we make it really crisp and bright and it's i think it sells for about eight bucks a bottle but that that's the 2009 oakley no 2010 oakley four right. whites is a is i think the style that i kind of like well listen up people uh you want a good crisp white Blend, there you go. For inexpensive, I love hearing that kind of stuff. That's what that you're talking my language. I like because there's plenty of people that can go out there and, and there's plenty of wines you can spend twenty five, thirty, fifty, and upwards, and know you're going to get a good drinking experience. The challenge, and these days it's less and less, is to find something under the ten dollar mark um, that's really consistent and, and tastes good and you can appreciate it. So I'm going to wrap this up very soon here. I, um, I have one more question that I ask. Every winemaker, it's been, and I want to get, I want to get your uh, your take on this uh, this question. By way of miracle, Charlie, let's say you can sit down with anyone in the world, alive or dead, tomorrow, and enjoy your wine with them. Who would it be, and why? Oh, that now that is a that is a tough question. <laughs> uh, I never said I ask easy ones. I don't feel the easy ones sometimes. Yeah, love to know. anybody anyway. alive or dead. Alive or dead? Who comes to mind? Well, well, I think we have to have a glass with Jesus Christ just to you find out what that was all about. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> all right, man. Get his opinion on your Zins, you know. Yeah, we'll see if he likes Movedra. <laughs> or Movedra. <right? laughs> <laughs> but, Charlie, I really appreciate it. I, I know it, it goes fast and furious, but I but I, I really appreciate having you on my show. It's, it's been a blast. And um, I thank you. And um, I'll definitely look to have you on again because there's far more questions that I have. I'm sure my, my the uh, the people out there in the chat room and and uh, in the Twitter sphere um, have lots more to say and, and ask. So um, thank you and uh, and I appreciate it. All right, thanks, Stu. Thanks for having me. Have a great have a great day. Take care. Okay, you too. Take care. Bye bye. So that was Charlie Segaletos of Klein Cellars and Jacuzzi Family Vineyards. 
Again, www.kleinsellers.com. Check it out for any of his wines, uh, any information about the vineyards and the wines. So some show, show notes before I close out the show. My guest spot on the Emmy Award-winning PBS show, Check Please South Florida, aired February 21st and is available on my website to watch. So click on that. I also shot a guest spot on Key West Kitchen, which also aired and is now available to watch on my website. So click on that. That was a great interview by the host, Kerry. My guest spot on the CNBC hit world show, uh, Wine Portfolio, with most guests, should be airing relatively soon. So check your local CNBC world listings for the date. We discussed my radio show and the wine industry. I've also done interviews for Rye TV in Italy, the Midlife Road Trip Show. And I was at the Boca Bacchanal event this past Sunday, of which when I get the links, I will post them on my website. I have some pics from the festivals on my site right now, and you can check them out. I'm looking to participate in wine and food festivals in London and the Virgin Islands. So keep listening here, and I'll keep you posted. Well, that's the show for tonight. I want to thank everyone who listened in, called in, emailed, and tweeted questions. I want to especially thank Charlie Segaletos of Klein Cellars and Jacuzzi Family Vineyards. If you have any questions about the show, you can email them to info at stewthewineguru.com. You can go to my website as well at www.stewthewineguru.com and click the link for all my wine articles, videos, and to listen to archive wine talk shows. As I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. Drink up, good night, and good wine. I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to go to the next one.